0: Break and We're about to jump back into the team needs discussion, but just in case you missed it at the end of part one, we have a very special announcement to make. Exciting stuff as the Super Show goes live for the first, second, and third time. During the NFL Draft, we'll bring some of our super friends on as guests as we analyze the draft from the Super flex perspective live on YouTube in real time during the first round, the third round and following the seventh round of the NFL Draft. It's a full three days of Superflex activity, and we'll be there on the front lines breaking it down. So join us for the live discussion as the new crop of superstars of Superflex burst onto the scene. More info to come. Back to it. We need to get to some of these other positions so we can actually get through all four of them this week. So uh, we're going to have to run through the running back position uh, a little faster, uh, well, quite a bit faster here, in fact, but um, we uh, let's get to the running back position, and we've got a, just a list of teams here uh, that all could be looking for running backs. So let's just pick out, I'll, I'll read off the entire list, and let's just have you guys pick out you know one team each that you think is particularly likely to invest heavily in the running back position. So, what we've got here is Buffalo, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Houston, Kansas City, Oakland, Philadelphia, Chicago, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Atlanta, and the LA Rams. Is there any, first of all, is there anyone that we can just cross off that list? It's going to be pretty unlikely.
1: I don't think Philly is going to, nor Minnesota for that matter. I don't know.
2: I, Minnesota, I still wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, develop. but that's because you think <laughs> <said> Calvin Cook.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: because, you know, that, that now, there's there's another reason, too, because I just read a, a mock draft that I believe it was. Dane Bergler just came out with a mock draft, I believe it was last week. And he actually had Minnesota taking David Montgomery. So I'm not the only one that thinks that Minnesota could end up taking a running back in this draft class. So. I'm just saying I, I'm I'm not alone on that on that
0: that island there. Um, David Montgomery, really? That would be nuts. Yes. They what <sighs> they need running back depth. I don't think that they need to spend what it takes to get David Montgomery.
1: Yeah, like I I could see like a bruiser because they have Rock Thomas, they have Mike Boone.
0: Rock Thomas still probably facing yeah, a suspension.
1: i I'm, I'm I'm just. I just no way they spend. Know, I know.
2: I really like like Cook, and I I like his talent, but availability is still an ability, and if you don't have it, then you better have somebody that can do the job behind him. That's all I'm saying. Um,
1: but no, I, I go ahead. Is there anybody else you think Stompy on that list? I just don't like the Rams on this list. Like I get the idea, but having spent. I mean, it's not even some semblance of capital on John Kelly having re-signed Malcolm Brown. I just can't believe that they're going to spend any significant draft capital on running back. Well, that's interesting to me because C.J. Anderson was a guy that they brought in, and
2: he immediately vaulted those guys on the depth chart. And when Todd Gurley went out, it's it was C.J. Anderson's job. And now Anderson's gone, but you think that now they have they have more uh, faith in, in in Malcolm Brown and John Kelly
1: going into next year. Okay, uh, maybe I have more faith in John Kelly. I love John Kelly. I really do, and it broke. My but heart. I, I think I think they have faith in Malcolm Brown. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, for having matched Detroit's offer. So yes, yeah. I do believe that they have faith in Malcolm Brown. So so Snobby, I'm going to let you go
2: ahead and start. What what team do you do you think here is most likely to take a running back and? Um, who do you kind of want to elaborate on? What what team stands out to you here?
1: I think the fairly obvious one is Buffalo, just because they have thirty-one, the thirty-one year old LeSean McCoy and the an infinite year old Frank Gore. Um, so I I'm not going to even go into that, just because I mean it's very obvious that they have to go or have, they have to get a running back. Um, I think Oakland. Oakland's definitely going to go running back here. They have DeAndre Washington. Uh, they have my favorite, Chris Warren, which I still think they should give a shot, but I don't know if they will. I think they're they're probably going to be looking at another bruiser back, somebody like Benny Snell um, that can take that Marshawn Lynch role again. So I, I think Oakland, I think you have a pretty high chance that they're going to spend a day two pick or you, or even early day three pick on a running back that can compete for a starting job there.
2: Nice. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I, I, I think that's a, a real good possibility. A team I kind of want to talk a little bit about, and I'm probably in the minority here. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I just think it's, it's interesting to, to kind of get everyone's perspective on it. And that's Atlanta. You know, Tevin Coleman leaves. Uh They drafted Edo Smith last year and Devontae Freeman is back, but I just wonder, I, I mean, Devontae Freeman again, you know, I the injury risk and then the you know the the concussion risk is is there and it's high and and it's 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 a little scary when you're relying on him to be your guy. And how much faith do you have in Edo Smith really? I mean, last year he he did show you know so, some some good stuff, but I mean I, he he really didn't. I don't know you didn't wow me you didn't blow anyone away like yeah this guy can can handle the load if if need be you know and so i think atlanta is going to be one of those teams that could sneak up and take a running back earlier than most people think in this draft and it just wouldn't shock me just because i think there's question marks still in that backfield um i think on offense you know the offensive line played pretty well last year matt ryan obviously played at a high level uh you know they're they're high on calvin ridley and, and julio jones is still there Putting up good numbers, Austin Hooper played well. So on the offensive side of the ball, you don't have a whole lot of holes. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if you know they tried to fill that uh, that running back position um, in this draft. And so I'm I'm actually a little curious. I want you guys to think about Atlanta real quick.
1: So here, I, I like the thought, and I think I agree somewhat, just because we just don't know what Devontae Freeman's going to be this year. And he's probably out after this year, just based off of his contract situation. I think he might have like a sixteen million dollar. Uh, well, oh, that's not right. I would. I'll have to look that up. But he's got a significantly less dead cap hit. Uh, at the end of the season or or into next season but they spent a fourth round pick on ito smith they also have brian hill who they spent a fifth round pick in the 2017 draft and he actually showed out relatively well in 2018 in the uh, limited touches he had let me look at his game log real quick there was a couple games towards the end of the season that he actually did really well uh week 15 and week 16 he had eight carries for 115 yards and then eight carries for 30 yards. Um, so he actually looked decent. So I don't know if they spend significant draft capital just because of drafting Ito and having Brian Hill on there.
0: So real quick, I, I did the research for you. So Devonta Freeman does have an out after 2019 when his cap hit jumps to $9.5 and, and the dead cap gets cut in half essentially from 12 million to 6 million so yeah i mean i i think that either way this is kind of it for devonta freeman and it's also the injuries you know where where i don't agree with dalvin cook because to me it was still one real injury event it was everything kind of came back to that that torn acl but devonta freeman has kind of a list of things going on here and the, uh, the big one for me is actually the concussions. I know that a lot of people are, are worried about the knee. I think that's a concern, but to me it's the concussions because each one of these it, it's, they're starting to pile up and every time you get concussed, it's worse than the last one. It takes longer to recover than the last one. And again, this is a violent position that ends in, you know, pretty, pretty violent collisions every single time. It's, it, it is going to get a little bit hard to trust Devonta Freeman. I think that this could be a year where they they just take another back for depth and just kind of roll with what they've got. And I think that you're going to get a little something for fantasy purposes. I think you're going to get a little something out of Devonta Freeman. I think you're going to get a little something from Ido Smith. I think late in the year, you're going to see some Brian Hill and even some uh, whoever it is that they draft kind of later in the draft just for depth. I think that you're going to get some fantasy production out of all of those guys. And I think in the next year, I think they consolidate when you've got all those big names coming in, uh, in, in next year's draft. So, but I, I don't hate that one. I just think that we might be a year early on that one. The rest of these teams for me are, are really in kind of, they're all in pretty pretty similar territory where you know they've they're one or two deep right now it, it's not like there's going to be a starting a starting role available to most uh, to a player on most of these teams possibly Houston
1: Houston yeah Houston's interesting just because Lamar Miller for as much crap as we get him he's actually been decent for several years now he's an RB2 for for eternity but mm-hmm if they want if they pick somebody let's say somebody like david montgomery who is a good balance back can pass catch uh they basically have a complete uh offense and they get very scary in the afc so that's definitely interesting and i think he's only got one year left on his contract um I don't know if that's true or not. Let me look it up real quick.
0: (laughs) Okay. You can look this one up. (laughs) Yeah, I got it.
1: Yeah, so this is the last season of his contract. So if they want to bring in a young guy here um, and not spend a lot of draft capital and have him compete for the starting job next season, I don't believe in Deontay Foreman just because of that Achilles. This could be interesting, maybe not this year, but going into next year. Um, and in Dynasty, this would be, definitely be a position I would invest in uh, if they did spend, let's say, a day two pick on a running back.
2: Yeah, that's that's an interesting team, and I, I I agree with everything you just said. I think the only other team on this list that I'd like to talk about a little bit is Chicago, and they're interesting because you know a lot of us are projecting Mike Davis as kind of that guy that's going to take over there, and, and Tariq Cohen obviously has a big role on that offense as well. But and, and we've mentioned David Montgomery several times and poor Josh Jacobs getting no love and, and Miles Sanders hasn't been brought up. But David Montgomery is an interesting name because I, I think he compares pretty positively to Kareem Hunt. And when you look at... You know Kareem Hunt. You you think of well, what did Matt Nagy do with him? You know Matt Nagy has a history with him and did really well. uh, You know with with Kareem Hunt under his tutelage. So does he look for a player in that mold? And maybe David Montgomery is a guy that that could go there. And maybe that's part of the reason why Jordan Howard was, was like, you know, was traded uh, for so little at this point was because they just wanted to get rid of him to make room for another guy. So Chicago's an interesting team to me too, because I mean, while we're all projecting that Mike Davis can, can do that role, can, can be that guy and step in and fill that role. I I'm not sure if that's how Chicago feels about it. So.
0: I would hate that one. I I'm really looking forward to seeing Mike Davis in that role, but um, yeah, I, I don't, in this day and age with it, with the amount of talent that there is at the running back position, it feels pretty unlikely that a team would go into an NFL season with Mike Davis as your bell cow back.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think they'll definitely spend some semblance of capital. It's kind of weird. This, this class of running backs is you're not really top heavy, but you're pretty deep. Uh, so I think, you'll just you'll see a lot more running backs go late day two early day three mm-hmm. um and it's definitely interesting uh, it'll i'll i'll tell you what it, it will tell us a lot about wh- how chicago feels about the running back situation obviously if they don't spend like let's say a third round or fourth round pick on a running back well to me that indicates that they're going to give mike davis those jordan howard type carries yeah.
2: And and that's the interesting thing real quick about Chicago is they don't have a pick till the third round. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind too. If they do spend draft capital on them, they might have to spend their first or second pick in the draft on a running back to address that situation or move up. Um, so that would, that would speak volumes about what they feel about obviously Mike Davis, if they do something like that. But if they don't, then I think, you know, I think that's uh, yeah, that that that's a good call, Stompy. That's a good indication that they're they're uh, ready to to let Mike Davis really kind of carry the workload there um, for some of the short yardage and goal line stuff at the very least with Cohen having his role as a pass catching back there.
0: So just to put a bow on the running back position, real quick, how many of these? And I'll go back through the list real quick: Buffalo, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Houston, Kansas City, Oakland, Philadelphia, Chicago. Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Atlanta, and possibly the LA Rams. And and I actually don't think that Philadelphia is a real strong candidate either personally. But of, of the teams on that list, how many of them do you believe a running back would go to and be fantasy relevant to a point of taking them within the first, let's say, Uh, let's say 18 picks of your super flex rookie draft.
2: I don't know. Maybe in a super flex rookie draft going in the top 18, maybe three. I I, I just don't think that there's a lot of running back value in this class. So I think there's probably three, uh, maybe four that, that, you know, maybe a fourth sneaks in there, but I think three is probably the number I'm looking at.
1: I think in six, actually. So Buffalo, I could see the Colts if they go relatively early. Let's say they get somebody like a Miles Sanders. I like Miles Sanders more than I do like Marlon Mack. Hmm. Houston, Kansas City is somebody that I'm looking at. Um, If they pick somebody, let's say, in the third round, uh, a running back in the third or fourth round. Oakland, definitely. Um, And then Tampa Bay, Uh, if they decide to – pick up a, like I said, a, a running back in those middle rounds. I think they have a legit shot at getting some um, significant playing time.
0: Yeah, those are good ones. I think if if Atlanta, uh, it, Atlanta, Houston, Kansas City, if any of them were to go, you know, pretty early at running back, it would get my attention. Uh, all right. So let's move on to the wide receiver position though. And, uh, this, you know, this, this is a deep class. It's also pretty loaded from top to bottom. So this is a, definitely the year to reload at wide receiver. We've got a pretty healthy list of teams that could use wide receiver help. And I don't think that this list is fully complete, but we'll go down the list real quick. New England, Buffalo, Miami, the jets, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Kansas City, the Giants, Washington, Philadelphia, the Panthers, the Saints, the Seahawks, the 49ers. Those are all teams that could be in the mix for for wide receiver help. I think that you could put the Chargers in there still, just based on the fact that, I mean, they they really kind of have the luxury here of going best player available. I think that the Denver Broncos could probably use some wide receiver help still. I think there, there are a handful of other teams that I would put in there, but I think that these are the ones with a little bit more glaring needs, probably a little bit more likely to take wide receivers, especially early. So are there any out of this list that you guys feel like we can eliminate or any that you feel would be particularly good landing spots for, you know some of the, some of the top guys, the you know Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, um, you know some uh, uh, Hakeem Butler, some of the guys that uh, that we're already projecting fairly high. AJ Brown, um, would this uh, would this improve their stock in the Superflex rookie draft even more uh, than where we're already projecting them?
1: Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's tough. I think they have three legitimate starters. Uh, probably a fourth as well. Um, Buffalo's tough as well because I think they have, they have Jones, Foster, Brown, and, and Cole Beasley there, and they just signed Tyler Croft. So I does, don't
2: – That's that receiving core in Buffalo install any confidence in you, though? I, there's not one name you just listed in that Buffalo receiving core – that makes me feel like they're set at that position.
1: Well, I think just having Josh Allen there is going to make me question things. Mm-hmm. But they, Robert Foster showed a lot last season. Uh, Zay Jones showed a lot. We know what Brown can be with a big-arms quarterback. Beasley is a serviceable uh, slot receiver. I don't know if they and it, it's really tough in this class because this class is just so deep with wide receivers and there's so many wide receivers. I think there was like, somebody said 40 wide receivers that could be drafted this, this year that it's going to be tough to say, Oh, they're not going to take a wide receiver, mm-hmm. but somebody that's going to make an impact right away. I don't think Buffalo's going to be one of those. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be one of those. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Jacksonville is going to be one. Carolina, that one's a little bit difficult. But a lot of these need wide receivers. Um, and I, I really want to talk about Baltimore because everybody hates that landing spot.
0: Oh yeah, let's <laughs> do it. Because yeah, I hate that landing spot. Yeah, me which
1: too. I I don't understand that. Like that drives me crazy. Why why does everybody hate that landing spot? You basically, if well, they spend, let's say, a first or second round draft capital on a wide receiver, they basically became become the wide receiver one in Baltimore, which means they get volume. Now they're not going well, to get that's,
0: significant,
1: I, I, like they're not going to get Pittsburgh type volume. But mm-hmm. you're still probably looking at a hundred plus the hundred and twenty targets. Really? Yeah.
0: Or uh, 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 that I think that's where we fundamentally disagree is on the capabilities of Lamar Jackson and and what that offense is going to look like. More than anything, you know, it's it's less about can Lamar Jackson throw to the outside, and it's more about does that make any sense for them as an offense to have him doing that? You know, when when you can, I, I mean, you've got the running backs, you've got the tight ends. And now you've got, you've got the quarterback who, who, you know, he is mobile. You know, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to pigeonhole him um, because I know that that's going to set you off too. But I, I, you know, I will say that the offense to me, the offense works best if you're playing into the strengths of Lamar Miller, which or Lamar Jackson, sorry, which, which is, you know, keeping everything short and manageable.
1: Yeah, I, you and I aren't going to agree on that. But the point still stands is you're probably still looking at 450, pa- 450 to 500 passing attempts. Okay. So, I mean, with the quote unquote lack of pass catchers there, let's say Nikhil Henry, Nikhil Henry, or uh, Henry, Nikhil Harry goes there you're probably guaranteeing 100 plus targets
0: maybe i the other problem is when you don't when you have this much of a deficit of receiving talent i mean at this point their their best wide receiver is a slot guy willie willie sneed and nobody else is particularly close so if you bring in the keel harry i mean how easy is that to take especially as a rookie i don't care how good he is It's it's incredibly easy for an NFL defense to take him out of the game with one, maybe two defenders. And you you don't have to you you don't have to worry about anybody else on the field.
1: Yeah, you again, we're going to disagree on this. Who vehemently disagree? I'm going to vehemently disagree on this.
0: Okay, so who's pulling the coverage away from Nikhil Harry in this scenario?
1: But we we're making this argument that they're not going to do anything else about the pass catchers. They're obviously going to get pass catchers. Are you going to leave, let's say Nikhil they Harry? They haven't yet. And let's. I kn- I know they. have. What do you mean? I. <laughs> they, oh my god. They they, uh, they went
0: all the way through free agency with nothing.
1: And what what good pass catchers existed in free agency here?
0: Well, I mean, they could have brought back the guys they had. They, yeah, no,
1: I'm not getting Crabtree's awful. John he's, Brown wasn't he's better good. than
0: what do they got now? Jaleel Scott.
1: Okay, but like guess what? That, do you really? Here's my thing. Do you really think they didn't have a plan here that they were going to pick up at least two wide receivers in this draft?
0: is is that is that what you're proposing they're going to take two wide receivers in I the think graphic. they
1: take more than two
0: Okay and uh, are are they I mean is it is it their first two or three picks
1: I have no idea I, I'm not in their is, room
0: To me that's kind of what it takes I mean you, you're I you but it's already I, asking a lot for to ask Nikhil Harry to come in here and start for an NFL team to be the wide receiver one as a rookie, and, and I mean, we we saw the same thing last year with Cortland Sutton. I mean, the, the production, once he became the wide receiver one, the production was virtually nothing.
1: Yeah, but it was Case Keenum as his quarterback.
0: Well, I mean, say what you want about uh, about Case Keenum. he's uh, He's shown to be a more proficient pocket passer at this point than Lamar Jackson.
1: Based on what?
0: Based on everything we've seen from from these two guys, yeah, he, we saw we saw Lamar Jackson take off and run what twenty seven times in a game.
1: Do you do you really think that wasn't by design?
0: I don't think that that was in entirely by design. No.
1: Okay, it, entirely by design. They did he ever do that again?
0: Oh, I don't know. I mean, he still had a lot of rushing attempts. Did he not?
1: Yeah, he did. And I I'm never I'm that's not a contentious point to me. Okay. I mean, he's going to run the ball probably 10 10-ish times a game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I will I mean 10 to 15 times a game is probably where he will be. And I'm saying that he'll probably throw the ball averaging 25 to 30 times a game. And if you're lining amazing. up, why do you think that? He did it. He was he was throwing the ball 25 times a game last season.
0: Well, I I mean what there were times no, no, when he had to, well. sure. No, it's not well. There were times where he had to. But that's not that's not to. what they want. Oh, that's not what they want to do. I promise I gu- you that's I not what they I guarantee want to
1: do. you. I guarantee you he will br- break 450 passing attempts next season.
0: Okay. Okay. May- maybe maybe uh, well that that's fine. I mean and dump it off 400 times
1: oh my god i I can't (laughs) i'm I'm not having this argument again i'm done with this argument i can't do it again like it's just so crazy oh no this guy can't throw he was picked 32nd in the first round he's just a running back are you kidding me that's a joke
0: Okay, but again,
1: I, No, I'm moving on. We're
0: okay, moving on. I, real real <laughs> quick,
2: I'll weigh in here because I, I haven't I haven't uh, spoken in a little bit here. <laughs> right. Um I, I'll just say this. I, I for me it has a lot less to do with Omar Jackson and it has a lot more to do with the history of, of Coach Harbaugh there. And they just don't I mean, there's not a lot of wide receivers that put up fantasy relevant numbers year in and year out in that offense and so it to me it has less to do with lamar jackson and more to do with the fact that it it just that position has been underutilized in baltimore under his in that regime so i i I, until i see it i am i'm not excited about that landing spot and again it has less to do with lamar jackson i like lamar jackson and i think he does take a step forward in passing this year um statistically but i i just i don't I'm not going to go against what I've seen Baltimore do in the past because I just don't think anything's changed there. So to me, um, and, and, and maybe, you know, maybe that was Flacco. We're going to find out a lot about Flacco just like we're going to find out a lot about Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore offense in general um, because you know, one of them um, may have been more or so more or less responsible for, for that being the case for maybe receivers not getting the ball as much or the stats not being there. For wide receivers, traditionally, and uh, and I think we're going to find out pretty quickly um, whether that was you know by design, by coaching, by um, by game plan, or whether that was just you know a, a deficiency in Joe Flacco's game. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand with Baltimore at least. Anywho, um, I don't mm-hmm. talk about that. I don't talk about the Colts because the Colts to me, Devin Funch is him. Being brought in there does absolutely nothing for me, but if they want to start Devin Funches on the outside, that's fine. I think AJ Brown would be an absolutely fantastic fit in Indianapolis as a slot receiver. Um, I think that is a guy who can really make a lot of hay underneath. Um, he's really good at at breaking arm tackles at um, at the you know his run after catch ability is great. I think that's a guy who would fit in really nicely in Indianapolis. I would love to see them get a, a premier slot receiver. And A.J. Brown, to me, is the premier slot receiver in this draft. If the Colts were able to land him, I would I, that landing spot, to me, would fault his uh, his value uh, up big time, depending on the rest of the landing spots. But I would love to see A.J. Brown in Indianapolis.
1: So the issue there for me is that Hilton does a decent amount of work from the slot. So yeah you're taking away basically half of his snaps. I And, and maybe taking away is not the right word, but he, he takes about half of his snaps from the slot, which I think he does a ton of damage with, and I'd have to look that up um, to verify. But A.J. Brown has also shown that he can play on the outside. Um, and if he could take over that like wide receiver two role from Devin Funchess next season, I, I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, I think it was last season, just over 54% of A.J. Uh, Brown's s- snaps were from the slot. Um, so obviously, you know, that means that he can play outside too. Um, so I think between him and T.Y. splitting some of the reps from the outside and the slot uh, would be, would be you know, beneficial. and And the matchup issues that they would create with A.J. Brown kind of being a bigger slot receiver, um, you know, on a, on a weekly basis, when you have that slot corner and you go, hey, do we want to match him up with the the speed and the precision of T.Y. Hilton or the size and the good route running of A.J. Brown? Um, I think that would be a good problem to have if you're Indianapolis, creating those mismatches. Um, and then, you know, it, it really even helps out the tight ends even further because, you know, they're going to get mismatches, you know, even more if you decide that you're going to help with safeties um, over the top. So, yeah, to, to me, it's interesting, but I just feel like, Andrew Luck with another weapon like AJ Brown, someone you know that can do that from the slot really would, would help that team. But no, you're right, Stompy. they you know, TY does run a good portion of his routes from the slot as well.
1: Though I though I suppose it would give them the ability to move those guys around a lot, which I think is very much a an advantage on uh on that offense.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, how about AJ Brown in New Orleans? That that would be a fun one. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's let's do a quick exercise with these guys. So let's let's just for let's just hypothetically say Kyler Murray is an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, I, actually, here's the first thing I want to know: what's the perfect landing spot to to you, James, for Nikhil Harry, and to you, Stompy, for AJ Brown?
2: Oh uh, yeah, Nikhil Harry. That's, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I'd almost like to see Nikhil Harry in Washington. Um, I think Washington really has, uh, if Nikhil Harry winds up there, I think he's the unquestioned number one wide receiver there. I think there's a lot of targets to be had and that Gruden offense is inventive enough to find ways to get him the ball. Um, I think the problem with Washington is, you know, what's going to happen at the quarterback position, um, and until we kind of address that, you know, I, I don't know that we can get too excited about it. But I think in in that in that style of offense, I think that would mask some of Nikhil Harry's, you know, uh, separation issues um, that that he showed on film, and I think he would be able to benefit there in Washington, um, you know, with the type of routes that they they like to run. Um, I don't know that he has to get a ton of separation to be able to. To, to high point balls and such. So uh, I, I kind of like that fit for Nikhil Harry.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about Nikhil Harry. I I think somebody like Hakeem Butler is better for Washington. Uh, I think Harry probably needs to become more of a big slot guy. Uh, that can get separated That can have separation created for him across the middle by scheme. Um, kind of like. I, I just don't. That one's tough for me.
2: I think it team like Washington can manufacture touches for him. Yeah, and I think that's. I think that's what you want. That's what I would want with him. Is. Is a, a team that's going to be able to game plan and scheme to get him the ball in in you know um, in good situations, and I think Washington would be that type of team just because of the lack of talent that they have around him. And I think early in his career, that's what he's going to need. Um, so that's that was kind of my reasoning for it. But uh, but I am interested to see where you think AJ Brown fits best.
1: I really like AJ Brown to Seattle uh, to replace Doug Baldwin, just because I mean Baldwin kind of does the same thing that he did. I, I don't know if they're the same size, but Baldwin can play inside and outside. Um, ha- and and he's getting up there in age, and we just don't even know if he's going to, I shouldn't say we don't know if he's going to play again, but he's got multiple surgeries coming, and they need help uh, in that receiver core. And Tyler Lockett's got that outside pinned down, but he can play on the inside too. We saw some success from the slot when Baldwin is out from Lockett, And I think it's kind of the same situation as like Indianapolis, where if you can get two guys and you can move them around all over the formation inside and outside, you're going to have a lot more success um, getting them open. And so I I think because of Baldwin's age, I I think AJ Brown would be a, a perfect fit in Seattle. I like that. Yeah, that is a nice fit.
0: Yeah, I like that one. Okay, so let's get back to – I, I want to do a real quick mock draft here. So let's let's put Kyler Murray in Arizona. Let's put A.J. Brown in Seattle. Let's put Nikhil Harry in Washington. Uh, DK Metcalf in Baltimore. And Hakeem, Putler, Hakeem Butler in San Francisco. So rank those guys for me real quick.
2: Um, okay, well, in Superflex, I'm. I'll, I'll probably have the quarterback going first. I'll have Kyler Murray as my one, just because the value is, is there. If you're gonna, if you need a quarterback this year, that's who you want. He's likely to start right away. Um, so the value there is is too great to pass up. So I would I would have him ranked one. Um, oh boy, uh, I I think. I think I, for me, I think Harry is, is the number two and it, it has his landing spot would have to be really atrocious for me to say that he isn't, um, or someone else would have to have, you know, a, a landing spot that I, you know, I'm just head over heels with, um, for that to change because that's the way it is right now for me. And I don't think that's the case. Um, so I would say Harry would be uh, number two for me. Um, I'd like Brown at three, um, in this scenario, I really like the fit in Seattle. Um, I would put Metcalf at four if he went to Baltimore um, because I do think there is some upside there. I just don't, I don't know, um, I don't know what it is. Um, but I, 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 I wouldn't like the fit of Butler in San Francisco. Um, so he would drop to me as the one player. I just, I don't, I don't know that what he does well would fit very well into that type of offense. Um, they're, they're not going to you know they're, they're they're not likely to stretch anything vertically unless it's on the seam and i think they already got kittle to kind of do that so um butler to me would fall uh so that would be my ranking of and what about you stompy
1: i think i switch butler and metcalf uh i think butler becomes the wide receiver one there uh if he is taken in san francisco he's just he's a physical freak he had a monster season last season uh and I think his closest, or maybe not closest comp, but he is one of the more more close comps to Calvin Johnson. And I'm not saying he's going to be Calvin Johnson. And uh, ironically, he's working out with Calvin Johnson. But that's kind of his his body type, his skill set. Uh, so I think with the right system, he can do that. And I mean, they have Marquise Goodwin on the outside. They have, uh, they have Pettis in the flex or sorry, not in the flex, uh, in the slot. And then you could put Butler as that kind of X wide receiver. And I think he'd fit well there. I just don't, we already saw what a field stretcher can do in Baltimore, um, with Lamar Jackson and John Brown. He just wasn't used. Now I don't, I don't necessarily buy a lot of last year with Lamar Jackson, just because I don't think they were prepared with that offense, so I'm going. I'm reserving a lot of judgment to what that pass game will be. Um, but I just don't like Metcalf. I, I, I don't. I don't like him. I think he has a limited skill set, and I don't know how well it fits really with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Mm. See. My
2: problem with Butler is when I watched him, he disappeared for for stretches, and it just seemed like he had mental lapses. There were some drops that just – it just seemed like he mentally wasn't checked in. I would love to see Akeem Butler in New England because I don't think that happens there. I don't think the the – that locker room. I don't think that coaching staff would allow it to, um, we've seen players go there and, and switch around their, you know, everything, their routine, their game plan, their, you know, how they approach the game, everything. Um, and I think that would be a perfect fit because when I watched Butler, I saw a lot of, and again, I am not saying that this is the next great wide receiver. I'm saying his game, um, had a lot of aspects that you saw with Randy Moss. It was, you can throw the ball up to him and let him high point the ball and just out jump everyone. And I, I we saw what happened when Brady had Randy Moss. Now, I, I know Butler's not that talent. I'm not saying he is. Please don't take that uh, the wrong way. But I think you can do some of the, some similar things with Butler that you could do with Moss. I would love to see Akeem Butler end up in New England. I think that would be a, a perfect fit. And I think that would... I think his, his value would skyrocket if he wound up there.
0: I can't. I, I'm really intrigued by Hakeem Butler, and I would hate to see him in New England. I hate the way they use their outside wide receivers and always have. Detroit, that's actually a team that we probably should have included on this list. As much as this entire podcast is high on Kenny Galladay. I think that there's that there's definitely some room for an upgrade at the other outside wide receiver. Not a fan of Marvin Jones personally. So um, that actually could have been an interesting one for Hakeem Butler. But uh, let's get to the tight end position, though. We've already gone a little later than uh, than We usually try to cue the relax but we'll get to the tight end position and run through this real quick. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Uh, Here's, here's some teams that we've kind of pinpointed as possibly needing a tight end. um, Some of them more than others, but these are all, these are all teams who could potentially take a tight end in a somewhat deep, but very top heavy tight end class. New England, Buffalo Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Houston Oakland Denver, Dallas, Detroit, Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona, and the l a Rams is there anyone there that we can eliminate the Rams you think so
1: yeah I mean they had two legitimate uh tight ends and and uh Higby and everett yep yeah, and everett, so I mean everett everett's. A fantastic tight end. He just went to a terrible situation. So definitely, I don't think they're going tight end. I don't know. If Seattle does.
0: Yeah, I was just I, I was looking at them too. I I don't know that they need to. I've I I'm really excited about Will Disley, guys. I think that I, the the start that he got off to before the injury, man. I I think that they they at least. Owe it to themselves to to take another look.
1: Yeah, the blocking tight end Will Disley. Oh come! Oh. No, no, no. That was that was his. That was what he was called coming out. He was the best oh. blocking tight end in the draft. Oh, and all okay. of a sudden, he's just like, I'm going to go for a hundred yards against the Broncos." So that was fun.
0: I thought you were just still mad at me about Baltimore, and you just wanted to, <laughs> wanted to throw a shot in there okay what do you think james anyone that can can be eliminated beyond seattle and la well full
2: disclosure i i kind of created this list so um so being being that that's the case yeah
0: being that that's (laughs) the case
2: i just listed a bunch of teams that i thought you know potentially could be in the market for a tight end a lot of these um i i just i put question marks behind because i just didn't yeah, I, I wasn't sure. You know, they're questionable. Seattle was one of those. Um, I, I like Will way a lot too. Um, I don't know if uh, how how high they are. In Nick Vinett, and he's in a contract year, anyways. So I just didn't know if Seattle was going to be in the market later. You know, in the draft to, to grab a tight end. Um, the Rams were another team that you know I put them on there just because I don't know that Everett. I, n- I don't know that either of those tight ends have performed to what they wanted them to be. Um, and maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe they just haven't given them the opportunity, but either way, um, the Rams, when you look at that team, uh, you know, last year, obviously getting so close, they they didn't have a ton of holes. Um, They have some on defense now, but I do think eventually it wouldn't shock me if they did take another tight end um, just to take a flyer on a guy. Uh, But I I think those are the two teams that I I probably would have looked at too to eliminate. So I think those are two good picks.
0: I think... Pittsburgh could possibly be eliminated, Um, maybe even Cincinnati. But, yeah, for the most part, Detroit. I I think that Detroit might have bigger fish to fry more than anything. But um, overall, I think this is a pretty strong list. So, based on that, which – I mean, I think New England is a slam dunk, right, to take at least one tight end to try and replace Gronkowski. Who else on this list – Do you think is is particularly likely and do you think would be in play for So, first of all, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I think that we've we pretty much have a three man race here. There are three tight ends who at least in the in the right landing spot, maybe even independent of landing spot. These guys could be extremely fantasy relevant. And so those are those are kind of the guys that we're going to focus on, right? It's uh, it's Fant, Hawkinson, and Smith.
1: Or Smith, o- not I, Caleb Smith.
2: Right, right. Yeah. right. I, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. I think there are going to be other tight ends that end up being fantasy relevant. Because oh, um, I think there's a, this class. Not only is it deep, but it, it's it's better than than a lot of the names that we talk about. But those three tight ends could end up going in the first round of the NFL draft. That's how. Um, and that that's happened, I think if it does happen, this would be the second time in I think like eighteen years that that's happened. So,
0: um, yeah, it doesn't happen very often. And the second time in three years, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, which is, <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen often though. so so based on those three, who what are the teams that you think are most likely to end up with one of those guys first of all, and possibly inflate their value even beyond? What it already is, which is probably, you know, for for Fenton Hawkinson, I'm I'm guessing that people are taking them probably in the middle of the first of uh, of superflex startup or Su- superflex rookie mocks. Uh,
1: it's tough for me to see any of those three go getting to New England. Honestly,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I definitely can see Cincinnati taking one jacksonville i think though it's really early i could definitely see jacksonville taking one Uh, probably one of the better blockers and and more than likely it'll be irv smith if if they go that early green bay really could use somebody like noah font to replace jimmy or uh, jimmy graham that's tough, man.
2: Yeah. I I I think one of the teams that you didn't mention that I like taking a tight end an awful lot is Oakland. Yeah. And again, yeah, I mean, three first round picks before before New England drafts. So I mean, I think really the race is gonna be, you know, do you take do you take one you know, with the first pick, the second pick, or the third pick? Well, the first pick's just too early at four. Um, so I think with that third pick, Oakland might be in play. You know, I mean, look at what Jared Cook did there and they lost him. Um, they could really, you know, be in play for a tight end there, especially if they want to make sure those receivers are able to run a little bit freer, um, you know, to have someone that can stretch the seam would be a good thing in Oakland. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if the the Raiders took one in the first round either, but I, I like the teams you just mentioned Cincinnati. I mean, they lost um, Tyler Croft and, and, you know, Tyler Eifert's been 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 banged up for so long that, you know, and, and, and they just don't have a lot there, you know? So, That wouldn't shock me. Buffalo is another team that really wouldn't shock me if they ended up taking a tight end because I mean, Charles Clay is on his last legs and, and, you know, they, they could really use an upgrade at the position. Um, Detroit is really interesting because I've seen several mocks where Detroit has taken one in the first round. I think they picked 12 and I've seen Hawkinson go there. And while to me, I think that's too early. I could, it, 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 there's some merit there because he's, he's a really good blocking tight end and I could see them wanting to run the ball. So I could see them getting him and winding him up and you're running two tight end sets with Jesse James out there. And that being the way they attack defenses. So uh, while I don't, I, while I think it might be a little early for them, um, at, you know, I've seen it, you know, uh, in, in several mocks from people I respect. Um, and green Bay, like you mentioned to me is, is, I mean, that, they have two first round picks too. Um, so they could take one at 30 just ahead of new England. Um, or they could take one with their earlier pick because, you know, they got one last year um, in a trade with new Orleans. So, uh, you know, really interesting that they have two picks. One of them could go to tight end. So um, yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of teams that I think are in play for
0: a tight end early. So how about some names from you guys going to new England? Cause again, I, to me, that one's pretty much a slam dunk. And in fact, they could, they could take two tight ends, so but I think that that's a landing spot that that you know inflates a, a value, a player's value, man, close to first round territory, if not into the first round of a super flex rookie draft. So, what are some names that could actually be available to the New England Patriots that you guys could see going there, and therefore getting that that huge value bump?
1: I think probably Jay Sternberger is the, the top candidate to go that late. Uh, he, hold on. Let me read some here. Um, he's, he could be as good as those top three. Ultimately. Uh, he's a good receiver. He's a good blocker. Um, if he develops a little bit, he could be one of—I mean, I—he's I, one of the top tight ends in this class. But I mean, he could be as good as Erv Smith, uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely a possibility. They—they they need somebody that's going to block as well as be a good receiver. That—that uh, uh, that was an underrated part of Gronk's game. Is he was a very good blocker in the run game um, so in and, and with the way that the Patriots are moving right now uh, especially with Sony Michelle he could um, they 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 need somebody who's going to be able to block right away so Jay Sternberger is definitely up there um, another one Dawson Knox uh, could definitely fill that role as well um, so those are kind of the two that I would think if they're gonna go early at tight end they would go that with one of those two,
2: yeah, man, he, and and I don't, I, I really like the Sternberger take. I, I think that that's there's a good possibility that a guy New England could be eyeing, but I New England is so tough in this draft because, in my opinion, New England is void of talent on offense more than they have been in at any part of this this dynasty run. Um, I mean, when you look at what they have, I think their run game is fine. But at wide receiver, I mean, you have an aging Julian Edelman, and I don't know what else you have there. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of talent there. And now Gronk is gone, and, you know, you, now you're void of talent at tight end. I mean, th- this offense really needs playmakers. It is so off-brand for New England to trade up, right? I mean, they normally just trade back and acquire picks. You have 12 picks in this draft, and your team is is really void of talent at some of the uh, the skill positions. If I'm New England, and again, I, I I know it's out of character, but this is the year that I am packaging and trading up. I'm gonna gonna fill these these roles with uh, you know these these holes that I have on my roster with guys that can that can help me right away here. And I think a trade up for a guy like Irv Smith might be the move to make. Um, Irv Smith's a guy that can block. He's a guy that can that can uh, that can catch the ball well too. Uh, he's an Alabama guy. Uh, we know that. Uh, that uh, Bill Belichick has a good relationship with, uh, you know, with Nick Saban in Alabama there, so I'm sure he knows all about Irv Smith. Um, this is a move to me that just makes sense. If you're New England, you don't—I don't think you have to trade up too much. I think Oakland's—I I think Oakland's third pick is a, its either 24 or 27. I don't have the the Yoda in front of me, but I think basically that's what you want to do is try to leapfrog them. Um, and you know, when you can give 32 and you have 11 other picks. Um, You can package, you can put together a package to move up, um, get a playmaker like that, and then not have to worry about that position until later in the draft where you still have a bunch of picks. So to me, that's the play for New England is to move up. But uh, again, it's so off-brand for them to do so that I I don't have any confidence that that's what they'll do. But I, I mean, just looking at it on paper, to me, this is the move to make if you're New England.
0: All right, one last question, just to uh, to kind of put a bow on this. What are there any other uh, situations here that you think uh, could potentially elevate one of those one of those later tight ends into the top half of the second round of a uh, superflex rookie mock or rookie draft?
2: I, I mm. think it's possible if Green Bay waits till the second round and takes a guy. You know, yeah. um, you know, just situation based. If they take a guy that you know, uh, I I think that's that's possible. I I don't know. I I I think it's really going to be interesting to see where where these the top three guys go, and then I think the rest of the list is going to fill out nicely depending on you know uh, on who who missed out, um, because I think there are teams in that first round. There's probably four or five that are in play for those top three guys, and if one of these high-powered offenses like New England and Green Bay do miss out on those guys. And whoever ends up in those positions, uh, I think their value vaults up to where, you know, they might be an early to mid-second round pick in uh, in, in some uh, super flex dynasty mocks.
1: Yeah, most of these teams, unfortunately, have three or four pass catchers ahead of the tight end. I could see Dallas, maybe, um, because they have Amari Cooper... Yes, they have Randall Cobb, who's oft injured. They have a second-year Gallup, who we don't necessarily know who he is. So there is targets to be had in Dallas. Um, Detroit, you're talking about probably the fourth-best patch catcher on that team. Arizona, I <sighs> that one's tough. Uh, but really, I mean, if they're going to go with a, a – tight ends let's say in the second round definitely could see that them vaulting um their status up there uh, one interesting one to me and, and this goes back to what we first talked about is denver uh john oa has shown time and time again he's very interested in those big 10 tight ends we've seen it with jeff hireman uh jake butt you know it was matt lacoste at one point in time troy fumigali so he likes those big 10 tight ends. Uh, and at 10, I would not, I would not hate them going after somebody like TJ Hawkinson. Um, so that's definitely interesting to me. And he becomes basically the third best patch catcher on that team if that is the case. Uh, so I, I, uh, really, I, I say, I wouldn't hate it. I would actually love that if they picked TJ Hawkinson at 10.
0: Wow. I think that's a really sneaky landing spot too. I, I, I'm pretty convinced that this is going to happen now though. I mean, the only thing that gets in the way is the fact that this is not a very good crop of run of uh, linebackers. And that's easily the biggest hole that the Broncos have right now. So, I mean, I, I it almost forces their hand to go linebacker right there. But uh, if, if, if they're able to, to come up with a plan at linebacker beyond that, I, I'm i pretty much convinced that this is happening. I think tight end at number 10 um, I, I, to a point where if I'm going to handicap it, I think that's the most likely scenario.
2: Wow. So you guys are okay with a top 10 pick on a tight end, huh? Yep. In
0: this class, wow. sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: Honestly, this class rivals 2017 to me. And really, the top end of this class might be better than the top end of the 2017 class. And yeah, no, I, I as I a reminder, it, I as a reminder for our listeners, that was OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, David Najoku. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and that, George, and
1: George Kittle, not to <laughs> yeah. forget George Kittle.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think this, this is a fantastic tight end class. I still don't know if I have a team, if, 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 if I'm if I'm the fan of a team that earned a top 10 pick if I'm okay with them doing it spending it on a tight end, I just don't know that that's a difference making position that I'd be okay with them selecting there. Um, well and me. here's
1: the thing though and, and John made a good point is that defense looks good right now, especially under Vic, Vic Fangio. Uh, they looked good last year. they added some pieces they were missing. The offensive line looked good. The running game looked good. Really, th- the only issue is the passing game, I and mean, and I shouldn't say the only issue. the The weakest point is the passing game, and I think Flacco's probably slightly better than Case Keenum last year. They have uh, they have Cortland Sutton on the outside there. They have uh, Deshaun Hamilton on the inside. If they could get like a legitimate pass-catching tight end, and we know how much of a difference that makes. Look at Travis Kelsey. Look at Rob Gronkowski, uh, Zach Ertz, George Kittle. Like, if you have a good pass-catching tight end, that can make a a big difference in the passing game. Now, I'm not saying that it's a like game-breaking uh, position but it can make a big difference in the passing game because those athletic tight ends that can get down the seam create mismatches and also, i think that's and i think that's what the broncos are missing
0: it also kind of covers up uh, uh, the other to me this is actually the most glaring issue beyond linebacker is still the interior of the offensive line and there isn't really a way to to repair that you know, especially early in the draft. So you know, it, you know, using those those shorter routes, working kind of more of the middle of the field, it, letting Flacco get get rid of the ball quicker. Uh, it, you know, that's kind of how you make up for the fact that you're going to have a fairly porous offensive line probably for another season here, especially up the middle so it you know it 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 also makes sense just from a scheme standpoint just to kind of cover that 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 glaring need that that blemish but all right i'm sure there's a more graceful way to do this but we've gone way too long already so we're just gonna cut it right there we're just gonna wrap it up for the week and as we do we're gonna ask you for a quick favor if you haven't already Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, the mega feed, and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you'd give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, we'd really appreciate it. And here's another way that you could help the podcast out. Ryan McDowell's Fantasy Follows podcast category will be coming out soon, and we'd love to get your vote. If you were going to give us a rating and review but never quite got around to it, here's a way to do something quicker and easier with the same amount of potency. So make sure you're following Ryan. He's at RyanMC23 so you don't miss the announcement. Whether it's a vote or a rating and review, you're helping us to expand our reach and get out to a larger audience so we can involve more people in the conversation and zero in on all the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener, listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. Stompy's at FFStompy. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain. And I'm at SuperFlexDude. We can retweet them, help you get more votes and comments, and sometimes even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, The Addiction, that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else thank you to each and every one of you for listening until next week stay sexy and super flexed